You are listening to the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast, a Canadian guide to building dependable wealth. Join your hosts, Richard Canfield and Jason Lowe, as they unlock the secrets to creating financial peace of mind in an uncertain world. Discover the strategies and mindsets to a financial future that you can bank on. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Wealth Without Bay Street, coming to you live from the Wealth Without Bay Street headquarters right here in Edmonton, Alberta. Say hi. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Special guest, Jonathan Prue, the creator of How to Scale on Amazon, the Amazon Resale Master here in Canada. He's got the, mad ninja, Amazon ninja skills. Absolutely. And so we're super excited to have you as our guest, Jonathan. Welcome to Wealth Without Bay Street. Richard? So Jonathan and I first met several years ago, um, and uh, he got connected to me from an introduction, actually, from a, from a real estate uh, agent, I believe. You, were, you just bought uh, another property in Edmonton. You know, Jonathan's got a number of uh, real estate properties, and um, being a bit of a real estate guy myself, we kind of had a connection there and, and uh, you know, he, he learned about this thing called the infinite banking concept. So we kind of got operational there and getting them set up and, and uh, you know, just being a part of watching Jonathan's unbelievable journey as he's uh, really ramped up and discovered how, how to literally master the process of becoming a reseller on Amazon has just been unbelievable to be a part of, to see so I'm really excited to have him here today to just share with us uh, some of how that all transpired, um, some of the things he's learned along the way, and also, um, you know, just pick his brain a little bit so that our listeners can, you know, see one of the ways that you can help start creating more wealth without Bay Street. That was a fantastic introduction, Richard. Thank you very much. We were actually going to ask Jonathan because there's an Amazon distribution center that's being constructed. It's about the size of 28 football fields. And we were going to ask Jonathan if he was the one building that, but um, probably Jeff, Jeff Bezos. Uh, did I pronounce his name right? Yes. So Jonathan, tell the listeners a little bit about you and uh, maybe share with us what made you choose to build wealth without Bay Street by being in the Amazon resale business? Uh, okay. Well, first off, thanks a lot for having me. I'm good to have you. Grateful to be here. I'm- Hanging out with you guys is always awesome. Um, That's the rumor. <laughs> so I don't know, a little bit about myself. I'm in with the trades originally. So I was oil and gas. I uh, lived in Alberta for eight years now. Um, I, uh, I guess what drove me more towards finding out how to create wealth from a computer was just the, the ability to create more time for myself. So, I mean, you could always go out a way to work. You can make lots of money, but you can never make any more time and oil and gas was was definitely uh you had to trade time to make money in the oil and gas and that was just kind of the way it was done and uh yeah i just i always had that dream of you know maybe being able to make money from the beach and traveling a lot abroad and stuff like that and be able to still run a business so i always had like this idea of it being just awesome and uh yeah i mean a couple things happened later on and met a few people that had accounts and kind of sold a few things and just kind of started from there. Wow, cool. You know, one of the things that we hear so much from, from people, I guess, just in general, is how convenient it is to purchase, you know, products on Amazon. I, I know I even find myself thinking when I'm looking at a product, yeah. the first thing I do is I take out my phone and I'm checking Amazon. Now, being, you know, in our community and 
we, we want to shop local. We want to support local business. And, and that's really, really super important to us. But we do realize that, you know, the way that you've structured your business, you're selling products that are made right here in Canada to American consumers. Yeah. And so maybe tell us a little bit more about that. How does that, who do you sell to and, and how does that come together? Okay. Well, yeah. So when I first got my first programs where I started learning Amazon, um, they directed me to go to a U.S. market to start just because of the volume. There was so much more um, opportunity. There was a lot more people. You can do your tests uh, much faster in the U.S. There's just more money to be made. So it was a, it's a better place to start off. Um, so that's where I started. So I started like just hunting products locally, kind of retail arbitrage. So that's just simply going into like Walmarts and stuff like that and, and finding products that maybe I could sell in the U.S., um, which kind of allowed me to fall on this, this niche of Canadian, um, Canadian products so that aren't um, sold in the U.S. So that kind of gave me like this pocket where I had access to products that sold pretty well in the U.S. and there wasn't that many people that could put all the pieces together to get it you know, from point A to point B because there's obviously a lot more uh, logistics than directly. But, uh, and what are the top three products that Americans love most? <laughs> uh, well, without saying specific brand, I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> chips and candies. I mean, just like basic uh, consumable snacks and stuff like that. Like you'd be surprised there's uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, that's really um, good. Stuff that I, all of us see regularly every single day as you walk through the grocery stores. Our, so, uh, our, our logo disappeared. I, I, think, I remember when you first got started doing this and you told me about you know, how much you were selling like uh, bags, you know, like bags of chips for to American consumers. I was absolutely floored and astonished. <laughs> I'm like, people yeah. will pay that much for a bag of chips? Wow, that's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Well, it, yeah. <laughs> and so when you think about your, your journey from being in the oil and gas business, which here in Alberta, that's really one of the largest drivers of our economy, yeah. and then shifting to being an entrepreneur. So if, if you had one piece of advice to someone who is just starting out, wanting to make that journey, that shift from the career that they're in now, trading time for money, to being a full-time entrepreneur, what piece of advice would you give someone who's thinking about making that shift? Um, well, I guess at first it's giving up more time um, right off the hop to be able to do and maintain what you got going on. If it's whether it's a regular job, if you're trying to do, pursue something else, you're obviously going to have to dedicate more time, I guess, at the beginning. But Definitely sourcing mentors or somebody that's already been there is obviously a very good start to okay. pursuing anything. Um, and then just educating yourself and being consistent. Um, like, you know, I just started with just doing some education two or three hours every day. And that's just kind of what I did for two months. And then, you know, then I started, you know, the next step. So it's just starting as soon as possible with some sort of guidance, whether it's through mentoring or coaching or some kind of education, I would say is the bare, bare minimum to that start. Is, that is really good advice. Thank you. Rich? We're big fans of uh, mentorship and coaching around here. Um, ultimately, whatever it is, any kind of skill that you want to learn, anything you want to get better at or enhance at, find someone who's doing it, doing it well. And, uh, you know, one of the things I would hear Jason talk about is, you know, 
basically attach yourself to that person's hip <laughs> and get dragged along <laughs> through the process so you can learn how to, how to do it really effectively and, and, uh, ex- and, and, and take action. If you're not actually doing something, that's one of the key differences, right. you know, between Jonathan and, and other folks is that he understands the importance of taking action and, and like you actually have to do something. You got to get off the couch. You got to get off the computer. You got to go to the grocery store and look at the products. Like you got to, you got to go and talk to a distribution channels. You know, you, you mentioned logistics earlier and, you know, just in having conversation with Jonathan over the last couple of years and seeing how these leapfrog events have transpired where, you know, he's been able to, you know, working with people, asking the right questions, asking good questions, and also just asking an unbelievable amount a volume of questions, been able to figure out how to take things that were costing a lot more to get products to the end consumer, get them to the distribution center, get them out of Canada, get them, you know, from the, the purchase location to where Jonathan was, all of these steps in the chain were all areas where additional profit could be made by reducing time, effort, energy, et cetera, and, and creating yeah. more scale. So the right questions led him to figure out how to leapfrog his own profitability without actually having to sell a product for more or buy it for cheaper. It was the other components in the process where he was able to optimize the cash flow because he could see through asking good questions how to be able to do that. And like, if you, you know, if Jonathan, I'm sure, you know, some of the training that you're going to be doing for people in the future, you're going to help them see how you were able to do a lot of that. But really the, the, the amplification of uh, profitability he's created in these, these, these small little pieces, a lot of little steps add up and they become leap, leapfrog steps. Oh, That's- definitely. The other thing too, is that, you know, for, for listeners tuned into this episode, you know, if you, if you like hearing what Jonathan's sharing and the types of things that, you know, he's talking about, again, it's all about the Amazon resale business and how you can scale and, and build really essentially a, a really good stream of income. There's work involved. It's a business. And so for folks who, who are thinking to themselves, hey, this is something that I think I might want to explore a little bit more. We're going to include uh, some information, maybe a link to, I understand Jonathan has um, how to scale on Amazon, just a course that he's created that can help folks who are wanting to go down that journey. We're going to share a story a little bit later that's super exciting because Jonathan has taken this business from what really began as a part-time you know, business that blossomed into a few hundred dollars a week to generating tens of thousands of dollars of gross sales every month. And so you've really accomplished something spectacular. Now, we know we have a long way to go yeah. in, in that, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. But uh, going back to your, you know, your transcending from oil and gas business to being an entrepreneur, what has been your greatest inspiration in that journey up to this point? Uh, I guess um, definitely... Now, more and more now, I guess, that I see inspiration for me is being allowed, able to do, like you said it the other day when we met, it's being able to do this. It's, yeah, it's we get being, to. A, yeah, it's being <laughs> able for Richard to be like, hey, you want to come do a podcast? And I'm like, that sounds amazing. Like, I don't, <laughs> I'm not getting on a plane to go up north and hang out in the mud. This is like, so this is super inspirational for me. Um, to anyone listening right now who's hanging out up north <laughs> in the mud, we, well, you think I mean, awesome. honestly, yeah. I, I, I can't <laughs> knock that either because that was my, my, you know, that pulled me to where I am. So I, I, I have yeah. love for the oil and gas. I really do. Um, but yeah, so and, and being able to create my own time now and being able to be around my family more and, you know, my loved ones more and being able to, to 
kind of choose when that time happens keeps me motivated. Um, it just, I don't know, I, that just fuels me every day. So that's great. Um, I have big goals and I like enjoying doing this stuff with people like you. And, and um, I'm just so grateful from where I came. So, I mean, inspiration for me is easy. I just think of, you know, a long time ago and it just keeps me going. And I'm just, you know, inspiration uh, um, is to have the opportunity and just, I'm just grateful that oh, I have it all. And yeah. it keeps coming and the more you take and the more you pursue and the harder you work and the more it comes and it just becomes an abundance. And then you're just, I mean, that's my inspiration. No looking back now. It's just awesome. <laughs> I love grateful. it. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Rich. Well, I, I think it's interesting that you, you talk, you know, you kind of basically said that the, the more of it that you do, it cre- it's almost like creating a ripple effect in your life. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're seeing um, doorways are opening, more opportunity is showing up for you. And uh, the, the good stuff that's happening is leading to more good stuff that's going to happen. Yeah. So it's kind of like that snowball. That snowball. Yeah. Yeah. But Jonathan, what would you share with listeners as your most favorite aspect of being an entrepreneur and your least favorite? We're talking about like the crappy stuff. So what, what do you love most about being an entrepreneur and what would you put into the category of crappy stuff? Uh, the worst thing, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like even every day I complain about things that are not going right and I'm still, you know, it's not that bad. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't really have an answer for the worst thing about being an entrepreneur. Interesting. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm going to pick up from, from that with Jonathan because, you know, having conversations with him over the last, you know, even the last, uh, I just think about the last 12 months, a lot of the, the phone conversations, whatever we would have, the worst thing has been, you know, what seems to me, you know, thinking back on it has been like the inability to create more speed and velocity on the things that you're doing, but yet when you take a minute and actually fly up to what I would say helicopter view and you're, you know, three, 4,000 feet looking down at everything that's taking place and you look at where you started from to where you are today, you can clearly see velocity has been taking place along that whole channel. So, but because things have been going so fast at certain points and then, then there's like a, a three days where it's not going as fast as it has. It's like, Oh my God, I just wish we could go faster. I remember asking Jonathan a few months ago, I asked you, I said, what, what do you need? What do you need to 10 X your business to take it from where it is now to a multiplier of 10 and for, for Jonathan included. And for most entrepreneurs, the response is money capital. I need capital. One of the things that, you know, Dan Sullivan, who's an amazing uh, entrepreneurial coach at the strategic coach. One of the things that he shared was that, it's much easier to 10x your business than it is to 2x your business. Because in, to, in order to get to 2x, all you've got to do is work double the hours, right. right? put in twice the effort, burn yourself out a lot faster versus 10xing your business where you have to work differently. So I think for entrepreneurs, I just wanted to share that for fellow listeners who are entrepreneurs because that's one of the first things that we hear so often. What do you need? I need more money. Now you need to work differently. You've got to structure your business, your organization differently. And if you look back from where you came from to where you are now, my God, you, the growth has been enormous. When we talked a few years ago, I said, Jonathan, how's your Amazon business going? 
We sat down to breakfast. It was in Birmingham, Alabama, Alabama yeah. on the way back to, to Canada. And Jonathan was like, wow, you know, it's come along pretty good. You know, doing three, 400 bucks a week. So do you mind if we keep an eye on how things are going with you? Maybe check in from time to time. He's probably thinking, yeah, right. You know, sure. You're going to check in <laughs> every now and then. How's it going? And it was just ratcheting up and up and up. Yeah. So we, we commend you for the, the great work that you're doing. So much more to do, but man, a, a true Canadian success story. So we tip our hat to you. And you're building wealth without Bay Street. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Or. <laughs> it's been waiting. I've been waiting been the whole here podcast. Looking at, looking at this thing like, when can I push the button? <laughs> so, you know, one of the things that I think entrepreneurs are always curious about. Can you describe to us what your typical day Looks, oh, no, this should be fun. Your typical day. What is a typical day in the life of Jonathan? Typical day. Um, I wake up early, early now. Uh, I do some sort of physical activity first. So I'm either at the gym or doing Muay Thai. That is probably something that happens five to six days a week just because I feel uh, I should start the day. Uh, I started to do, go stay earlier, um, be up quite a bit earlier now because we deal are dealing with a lot of U.S. suppliers that are on the East coast. So we're talking three hours difference. Yeah. So five o'clock for me to be up and at the gym, seven o'clock, it's, it's 10 o'clock. They're actually already pretty into their day. So trying to stay early on that. Um, I do everything from just kind of getting the group together, maybe with either the zoom or whatever collectively we'll, we'll organize whatever we got going on for the day. We spend one, some part of the day doing something new or experimenting with something just to see how that would work. And the rest of it's basically just, uh, we have regular lists that we need to go through. Um, we ramp up orders, we organize orders, um, you know, just basic logistics of ordering the products and making sure labels and everybody is in, and organized, uh, trying to meet new people. Um, I make sure that I try to put in uh, a lot of any kind of networking or, um, socializing events that I can um, at least a couple times a week. Um, you never know who you're, you're going to meet. Uh, the friend of the friend could change your life. So, yeah. I mean, it's super important. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a lot of rinse and repeat, but I get to make all the rules on when it happens and where it happens. So, I mean, yeah, it's not super hectic. Can, <laughs> the days have their days, but some days are amazing. Um, always just trying to grow. Nice training. And you know, I really like that you get your day started with rising early physical activity. What effect does that have on your staying power, you know, throughout the day? Or do you find that you're, you're more sharp and yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very um, ADD mindset for sure. Like I'm all over the place. I find um, exercise just brings me down to, a good working level where I'm, I've, I've burned off that like hyper jittery. Now I'm ready to focus. That's just, that just works for me. Nice. One of the things that I find is really interesting too, in, uh, you know, having multiple discussions with Jonathan over the last little bit is he's always got a group of people around him or, you know, an extended team. He's doing a lot of collaborative environment, you know, and, and since he's been doing this journey, he's been sharing this journey with many people, colleagues, friends, um, folks he used to work with and, in the process of doing that, you've also been able to help and assist through that journey, not only learning together as a group, but helping one another out and also actually showing other people how to go ahead and start earning 
a really good extra either side hustle income or in some cases, you know, replacement income for their other, their other work. So can you talk to me a little bit, you know, maybe share with people who are listening, what are, what are some of the things that you get out of working with other people in that kind of uh, collaborative environment? Um, well, I mean, I'm a firm believer that collaboration is the key to success in any business. It's just, it's just the way it is. Five minds are better than one. Ten minds are better than five. And it's just, it goes on. Um, I've seen instant growth uh, as soon as we started um, getting assistance and stuff like that and putting the proper people in place uh, to join the team. You see the instant growth. Um, and then just working with people, I mean, allowing to, you know, pay you know, my friend's wife to be able to see a stay at home mom to just work as an assistant. I mean, that's awesome. That gives her, she's so passionate about being able to stay home and stay with her, her new child. And, and, you know, you get to give that to like, I mean, indirectly give that to somebody. I mean, that's, that's an amazing feeling just helping people in that sense. Is that Andrea that you're yeah. talking about? Big so, shout mean, out to Andrea. Yeah. She, I mean, she is, a she holds us together. Person. I mean, yeah, she's really, she's killing it. Um, so, I mean, her drive is, is full t- tilt. Um, and when you have four or five people that start to really have one main focus and really focus on that every single day, I mean, just it's the growth is, I mean, it's not even measurable. I don't know how you measure it to whether they were, if they weren't there or not, because yeah, I don't know. I mean, collaboration is key. Yeah. It, it's, it, it frees you up from competition. It really does. It creates that free zone for you to operate in because we find even in our, in our business and what we do, the biggest uh, shift for, for myself and Richard's feeling the impact of this and so many people that we know is that when you begin to think collaboratively versus thinking competitively, everything changes. Yeah. You begin to see opportunity to collaborate. It just shows up everywhere because your mindset is different. Yeah. And that, that is going to continue to allow you to operate in a free zone, free of competition, because yeah. you're always seeking out. Dan Sullivan, I have to reference him again, because this is a powerful topic. He says that your eyes only see and your ears only hear what your brain is looking for. That is so true. And so as you shift to a collaborative mindset, your eyes only see and your ears only hear what your brain is looking for collaboration opportunity. And so it's worked out so well. And well, the pickup point on that would be a you know, direct correlation to uh, our mentor, our Nelson Nash and Nelson. He, you know, for a lot of the folks that are listening to this, they'd be familiar with Nelson. He would start every seminar event that he would did for the last, you know, for the last I think 10 years or 15 years, even he would do this and he would start it off and he would say, it's all about how you think. Yeah. It's all about how you think. Yeah. It's all about how you think. And right. so he would place an emphasis on different words and, and it would just kind of like set the stage for the room about getting people in a position where they're ready to, ready to receive and accept information in a, in a way where they're prepared to challenge things mentally and, and think them through in a different format than maybe what they came into the room with. Well, and, and speaking about thinking, so Jonathan, you, you, can relate to this because of your trajectory in this Amazon business. Being an entrepreneur, really the essence of it is, is taking something from a lower level of productivity to a higher level of of productivity. So 
How would you relate that, I guess, just in terms of your Amazon business? You've seen sales really begin to point straight up into orbit. And so what's been the catalyst, you know, to that in your business? Has it been to the spike, you know, product selection, capital, inventory turnover, all the above? Like what, what would you relate it to? Because I really see you as an amazing, you have an amazing merchandise mind. Like you just you seem to know what's going to sell well, when it's going to sell well. So what, what would you correlate this to in terms of how your sales are really ramped up? Um, okay, so there's obviously a lot of factors into that, but um, we never really had a problem with finding products. I mean, for us, it's just as long as you start to understand the formulas and the numbers that you, have, that you can pull from the databases of Amazon, you can really start to have a good understanding of products. Um, and then simply once it comes to a point where you have abundance of products and abundance of capital, then it's just a matter of managing those units, like the volume. So emphasis on, on concentrating on how to grow a system where you could hold the volume. Um, and I think, I mean, just recently, I guess the directly as we were able to finally create enough cash flow to be able to quit our job. So that gave us full-time full-time for, for us to be able to concentrate on getting other people full-time, which has allowed the whole system of organizing the volume plus the products we already had and now the capital that we've been able to inject into the business with those three combined. I mean, and I mean, it's Q4. So for Amazon, that's uh, the best time of the year. So that's a good, <laughs> it's a good bonus for it too. I mean, and we've always been on a bit of a, an up trend. I mean, since, I mean, since it started a couple of years ago, obviously. So um, yeah, we're just getting smarter and just seeking more people and bringing more people into the, into the circle and more collaboration and, you know, keep using the word, but it's, it's us bringing more people in that is creating more success. You know, I have people say, like, why do you tell everybody all this stuff? And I'm like, if they get good enough, if they, first of all, if they take the information I'm giving them and use it, yeah, that's great for them. That's awesome. Um, and if they get really good at it, they're going to ask me what the next step is. And I'm probably going to create a teammate or some sort of an ally, whether it's in a different city, state, whatever, um, we can work and just, and then the team kind of grows like that. And the rest of the people just sit back and watch the information anyway. <laughs> so like, there's no real downfall to me giving information because it's done nothing but create more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I the the Amazon that. business is now the spectator sport. <laughs> you got you to get, you got to get off the bench. You got to get yeah. in the game. But it's Jonathan, that's so true because you have your thinking is from a place of abundance, not from a place of scarcity. And when you think abundantly, your eyes only see and your ears only hear what your brain is looking for. So if you're thinking in scarcity, it has right. the same effect in the complete opposite direction. And so, yeah, it, sharing information, what, some people will do something with it, some won't. So what? The, the market's huge. There's, so there's, a, there's a specific circumstance of that that comes to mind that, uh, that happened in your business. And this is probably going back maybe six, eight months ago where you were having some logistical stuff trying to figure out how to get more volume of stuff to market and streamline the process in, in, the, in the Edmonton area. And so you had been able, you were asking questions, you were networking, you were meeting people, you ended up getting connected to an individual who had like a, like a, like a, a, 
we'll call it a facility to be able to help people in the, in an Amazon, you know, kind of reseller business, get their stuff, get the labels on correctly and get it shipped out. But you were, you know, no sooner did you find that person because your trajectory of growth was so fast, you outgrew the capacity that that individual had. And so you had to figure out how to create more capacity for that person. And so, you know, it ended up being an investment in relationship where it's like, okay, and the business. Yeah. We've, we've, <laughs> yeah. we've got a bunch of people yeah. here that we have, we got tools. What does this guy need to be, we can see he's got boxes and stuff in the way. Why don't we go in and we'll help him just, we'll just go in for a day and we'll reorganize his space so that he can be quick, fast, and, and, and he can create a dedicated location for us because we're going to put in a little bit of time and invest in him in the relationship, bring him a tea instead of a coffee because he liked tea. Chocolate milk. Oh, chocolate milk. Like, let's find out what does he like right. to drink? What makes, what, what's going to make him happy? What does he really want? He wants to be able to get home two nights a week to be able to have dinner with his family. Okay, yeah. let's help him facilitate that. And those kind of questions to invest in that relationship all of a sudden create an ability where you guys were able to launch stuff out of the Edmonton region, get it to the, the, you know, the distribution center quicker, faster, so you could increase volume. And, and, and then those same things led, those questions and the things that happened there led to like the next level up, which was now we can find a place, a person that's able to go and just do these pickups and drop-offs yeah. at that location directly. Yeah. And we can circumvent extra physical manpower. And so it was like a leapfrog, 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 right? Yeah. And those leapfrogs were happening so fast that like the growth, it's like, I, like you said the other day when we, I actually have to write them down now and then to, to remember them because they happened so fast. And that was, um, we, you know, we started by packing things in garages and then hand delivering to them to the shipping companies. And then we found a prep center and then the prep center was getting overwhelmed with all of the stuff we were sending. So we went there and we helped them organize and built some boxes so we could make it faster. And then we're like, okay, well then you spend two hours, two hours a, a week driving our boxes to the shipping center. How do we get the shipping center to just pick up from the, 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 the prep center, you know? And then we made those connections and it was just like, it's been a consistent of like knocking things down like that for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks for like the last 24 months now. And it's just been exponential. There's a hundred stories like that. I love it when he says weeks and weeks, because it's like a a leapfrog is happening every couple of weeks. Yeah. And for a lot of people, a lot of other traditional business models, they wouldn't see something like that transpire for a year. Right. So you're, 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 um, compressing timeframes in a way that is, is virtually uncanny, I think, in what, what many other traditional business structures would really allow, or at least, you know, people would experience certainly. And so that's one of the reasons why we're so happy and excited about having you on the podcast so that you can kind of share the ability for these things to happen. And, and it's in seeing connections, it's in asking the right questions, it's in meeting new people, investing in relationships that, and, and working with, with, other people where they're sharing ideas that all of a sudden you can, it's like, it's like, um, it's like color by numbers or it's like, you know, uh, like a, all the dots kind of a drawing yeah. and you're just putting all that stuff together in such a fast period of time. And, and from a coaching perspective too, I mean, you, you had a coach who demonstrated to you what was possible. You know, I, I, I think this coach, he, his store, his Amazon store maybe has multiple stores. I don't know. But his Amazon resale business is doing about $400,000 a month. Yeah. And when you know, we sat down and had a really good conversation and, and you said, I'm so excited for hitting that million dollar per year milestone. 
And I looked at you and I asked, why not $401,000 a month? Why not? Right? Because everything begins with the way that we think. think. Yeah. And so your, your coach demonstrated to you something that was possible. Right. And you just, now your, your brain is getting to work because the moment that you establish that goal, that's something that's really key for our listeners. The moment that you establish that goal, whether you, you just commit to it mentally, you write it down, people do a number of things, your brain immediately gets to work on achieving it. But the key is, it's not how do I go about achieving this? It's who has the unique capabilities to help me achieve this objective? Entrepreneurs most always lean toward how. They get a new idea, right. new process in their business, and they're thinking, how am I going to get this done? You have to shift your thinking to who. Who has the unique capability to help and who possesses the how to get this done? But that's what helps things move faster. That, that's a hard, and it's a hard transition to do for a lot of people. Um, you know, I personally, you know, I, I always had a difficult time with delegation. I struggle with that. Some people are more naturally inclined to it. Um, you know, not that we're going to turn this into a Colby discussion, but I think my particular Colby leads me to have a, maybe a little bit more of a difficult time in doing that. Right. And so it's actually requires focused effort in, 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 in bringing that, keeping that present in mind and sticking a reminder up on the wall, like, you know, and it's training your brain to uh, receive information and look at information in a different way. And so, you know, again, it's all about how we think and then our thinking leads to uh, our actions and so if we adjust our thinking, it's going to create a new set of actions that right. can move you towards the result you're looking for. And that, that action step may be hooking up with a new, new team member, investing in a new relationship, um, you know, reaching out to a new supplier, et cetera, et cetera. One thing I love about Jonathan too is like, this guy's not afraid to get on the phone. Like he's, oh, he'll he, talk to anybody. He, he sees there's a problem in, you know, except support. us. He hasn't talked to yeah, you talk about us. <laughs> <laughs> there's an issue with the supply chain or I, I really want to sell a product from this company. I really, you know, I see that this toy is going really well. I'm going to reach out to the maker like of yeah. that toy. And he's like, boom, he finds a phone number and he's on the telephone and like, he's talking to somebody in Texas and they're like, yeah, yeah, we, we have that here. We can, we can ship that out of our center. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> so Jonathan, if you could share with our listeners, our Wealth Without Bay Street listeners, all of our loyal listeners, whom we appreciate very much, how would you define success? I define success as how you feel. Um, if, if having a nice house and all that stuff makes you feel successful and that's what makes you happy every single day and you can enjoy that with your family, that's great. Um, I think it's just... Happiness is success. Money is awesome, but I mean, I don't know. If you're not happy, then it's all not worth any of it. So happiness first and all the toys after, but uh, it all works out good. Happiness first and all the toys after. I like that's a good quote. Yeah, that's, that's really good. It's a real one. I mean, I don't know. I get bored of things real quick. So like material things, I just don't see. I mean, obviously material things are nice, but... I don't know. The hype goes away. Are you yeah. saying you can rent the Ferrari for a day rather than buying it? It might be more than a day, but I could see like a slow. <laughs> I don't know. You can't, well, you can't buy it on Amazon yet. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, yes. Correct. Yet. So Jonathan, we, we really appreciate you. We, we appreciate having you as a guest. 
take uh, maybe take two minutes and just share with us a little bit about how to scale on Amazon, this course that you've created, uh, what value you think that'll bring, you know, to people who are researching this business opportunity. Maybe take a few minutes and just step our listeners through what you've built and where to find it. Yeah. Okay. So um, right now, I mean, I'm in the process of building a full course that'll be top to bottom, basically a step-by-step stuff. Um, what I have now, it's just, it's a free mini course. It's basically two hours, maybe seven or eight videos. Uh, gives you a little, you know, it talks about me a little bit and then it gives some general idea, goes through some basic product searching, gives you some of the ideas of um, some of the, the apps and stuff that you'll use to, to learn some of the numbers. And I go through some of the lingo and stuff like that, show you where to access some stuff and you know, opening your account, just like little basic stuff. Um, basically what it does for me is kind of see if you have any interest at all. If you do, then I mean, I can obviously uh, refer you to other information. Um, but it's just, it's a good, it's a good once over. Uh, again, so it's free. It's just how to scale on amazon.com. You just go there, put your name, put your information in. Uh, it'll create a membership login and uh, try it out. Oh, that's great. So how to scale, how to scale on amazon.com. Yeah. That's how to scale on amazon.com. We'll put that link in the show notes as well for our listeners. Definitely. One of the things that we do, Jonathan, with our, our guests is at the end of each uh, podcast episode, we talk a little bit about who you want to be a hero to. Now, when you think about that for a moment, so when you think about heroes, not all heroes wear capes, <laughs> right? So it, you might not think of yourself as a hero, but we do. <laughs> But every time that you create value for others, and so if you really think about that, you're benefiting people and you're really making you know, lives better for them in some way. You described that with Andrea, yeah, right? And so by identifying, I guess, the key audience that you want to create value for, and it's helped you really focus on the most crucial people in your life, helping them to grow their capabilities too. And so- when you do that, you're growing your own capability as well. And so my question to you is, who do you want to be a hero to? So I don't, I don't have any children. So, I mean, that would probably be most people's first thought would be their kids. Yeah. So for me, um, not having kids, it would be my direct family um, and my girlfriend. Um, I would like to be able to be somebody that can be always there for them, always help them, um, mostly you know, obviously financially as well one day, but um, just like the time thing, it's the time thing to be able to give them emotionally what they need or spend the time that I think is valuable or they think is valuable with, with each other um, is, is the most important thing to me. Um, I'd like to be able to be at the point where someday I'm so successful where I could take away any stress that they might have because of finance. Um, I kind of, uh, say like I'm anti anything, but I mean, obviously I, I, I'm a firm believer in controlling your own money and not being in that loop and, and, you know, and control for yourself and your family and all that stuff. I think that's very important. Um, you know, thinking about my brothers being stressed out about a car payment or, you know, my new nephew, I am a nephew in the world now, you know, I don't want to see him struggling um, when I could simply just create something that I, and that I have the ability to create now. Um, you know, even if it's not for me now, it's for somebody else later. That just, that gives me a joy to know that I can give them that type of security, I guess. Is. Wow. 
Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That gives our listeners uh, a little bit more insight into the essence of Jonathan Prue and the, uh, the Amazon master right here in Canada. The very best Amazon resale expert in the country is here with us today. And he's building wealth without Bay Street. Congratulations, Jonathan. One of the things we're going to include for our listeners too, we'll put a link in there to a free ebook download. Um, now, this book was authored by uh, Dan Sullivan. And this is a great resource that explains a little bit more about the thought process around who do you want to be a hero to. So, Jonathan, we appreciate you. Richard, any parting comments that you'd like to share? Uh, you know, just for anyone who's listening in, um, you know, there's, there's so many good takeaways from what Jonathan shared with us today. Uh, and, and one of the ones that I just kind of really sticks for, out for me that I really want to emphasize is the importance of, of taking some immediate action around your education. You know, you, in order to get down this path and this road, you said you spent several hours a day committed to, committed to several hours yeah. a day in your education to learn about ways that you could earn revenue online using a computer. And, and, and specifically that led you to Amazon, you focused on understanding it, but then you also made the, the recognition that, okay, now that I've got enough information, I've got some information, the only way I can take it to the next step is I got to go, I got to get off, I got to get on my chair, I got to get out of the house. You got to get go off your rear something. end and do it. Yeah. 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 So those are two critical takeaways that it doesn't matter how you want to go and create more revenue or wealth in your life. You are the one that has to go out and take necessary action steps. Right. So you probably need some information, some education. You need a commitment to do that. You got to get that stuff and then you got to go out and take some action. Terrific. Thanks again, Jonathan. Thank you so much for being our guest to all of our Wealth Without Bay Street listeners. Today was another amazing episode. Don't forget to check out how to scale on amazon.com. Oh, and uh, check out the new uh, Facebook page as well with uh, oh, yeah. facebook.com forward slash wealth, wealth without, without Bay, Bay Street. Street. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast where your wealth matters. Be sure to check out our social media channels for more great content. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player and be sure to rate the show. We definitely appreciate it. And don't forget to share this episode with someone you care about. Join us on the next episode where we continue to uncover the financial tools, strategies, and the mindsets that maximize your wealth.